Hey, well, welcome everyone who is tuning in right now. We know this is a little bit different, uh, but thank you for making the time, whether you are with your family or maybe you're with your life group and people are gathered in your living room uh, or you're traveling right now with spring break. Uh, we thank you for making time. And uh, the reason why we're doing this at these set times is because we believe this, that gathering as the church is a holy habit. That we do this together, not just so God would love us, but we gather together. Uh, and here's why we gather. We gather to proclaim the name of Jesus. We gather because we need a Savior. And uh, I'll be honest, this week has been a week unlike any other. And uh, I remember I preached just a couple weeks ago from Joshua where it said this, you know, to follow my presence because you have never been this way before. And I'll be honest. I, I've never been this way before. I, I've never been able to have to do just a digital service for our church family. We got our staff here today uh, worshiping with you. Uh, but here's the good news, that Jesus is with us in the midst of our fear, in the midst of all the craziness. Uh, and, and let me just be honest, it's pretty humbling. It's pretty humbling for as advanced as we are, for as wealthy as we are in the world, to be in a total reactive mode to something that we can't control, which is exactly why we proclaim and hold to the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, as we get started in our service, and I wanna let you know, this is just gonna be a normal service. We're gonna worship here in a little bit. Uh, we're gonna have an opportunity to give our offering online or this week. If you wanna bring your check by, the office will be open. Uh, we're gonna open the word of God. We're gonna take communion together. So if you got some bread and some juice, go ahead and grab that. But I wanna read Psalm 121 to us because this is what the Israelites held to in their time of fear and their time of anxiousness. And listen what they wrote. I just think this is gonna help our heart as we begin to worship, as we begin to live in a little bit of a new reality today. This is what it says in Psalm 121. It says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He, he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand and the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. We have our heavenly father with us. And even though there's more reports that will continue to come out today and tomorrow and this week, we know that our help comes from the Lord. And so if you would, just pray with me as we begin to worship, as we begin to hold on to our hope in Jesus. But let's pray together. Father. We just simply pause in this moment. God, I don't know what this week has been like for people. Father, we know what's happened in the stock market. God, we know the fear that has come up. We know, God, there are schools that are closed. There's tournaments that are canceled. There's seasons and basketball careers and sports careers that are over. And Father, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of disappointment. And then yet there you are both now and forevermore. And so, Father, we just in this moment pause to say, as much as we can't control our life, we trust you to be our life. And so, God, thank you that you hold us together when we can't hold our lives together. 
Thank you that your grace is enough for us. Jesus, this is why you've come and you are who we proclaim as our help. We worship you today. So Father, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our worries, help us to trust you. Help us to see what you're doing because Father, the church has gone through this before and you have led us like you always have. So today in this moment, Jesus, we worship and proclaim you. Thank you for being a faithful God. We will follow you all the days of our lives. And so it is in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Hey, let's worship together today, everybody. Feel free, staff, to stand. We're going to worship together today.
Thanks for worshiping with us, and hopefully those songs gave you comfort. Uh, and that is the truth that we celebrate today, uh, that every single blessing comes from God. And uh, that is our hope in the midst of this, when there's chaos going around, uh, that we can sing, we can celebrate, because every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. And uh, here in a moment, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity, uh, instead of passing the plate, uh, we have an opportunity for you to continue to be generous uh, through your giving. Uh, and you can do that through our online. Uh, you can sign up to give online. I want to let you know this is pretty incredible. Already over 50% of our giving comes through online. And uh, the beautiful thing about online giving is this, you can set it up, you can do reoccurring giving uh, that way, and it's an easy, simple, and safe way. Or you can text in and uh, be able to give generously that way because this is what we're called to be as a church. We, are, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, and we are called to be a blessing. And uh, if you don't feel safe with online giving, you can feel free to come drop off a check, whatever you want this week, the office will be open. But we wanna continue to be a generous church. Matter of fact, I'm gonna celebrate because a ton of you have already started giving to the Setting the Table initiative. And I just wanna say thank you uh, for your commitment, your step of faith, and uh, God is gonna continue to do great things. We know it's gonna be a little bit of a, a crazy next 30, maybe 45 days, uh, but God is at work in a powerful way. And we wanna invite you to continue to do that. And if you have a next spiritual step to take, maybe you're thinking about baptism, maybe you've been watching online for a while and you're going, I, I need to begin to become a follower of Jesus. You can go to mynorthside.com. We have a baptism class online you can go through. You can find groups. This is when we really need the church community to make it through life together. And we wanna invite you to sign up, to be a part of a group through that way. But do not go through this next season alone. None of us were created to go through life alone. And a uh, matter of fact, uh, in our series that we're going to be in, it is a perfect series for where we are. Sometimes we plan stuff and we have no idea what is going to be surrounding it. Uh, but for us to be in the Lord's prayer and especially be praying this prayer, God, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come and your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. And in the midst of where it feels like our kingdom might be shattering all around us, God is inviting us to join him and to allow his kingdom to come right now, which gives us a hope beyond anything else. And so I can't wait to dive into this prayer that I need, this prayer that you need, this prayer that we need together. And so we're going to dive into our sermon series right now. As they said, this is a little bit unusual kind of a feeling, and I'm sure glad staff's right down here with us and so glad that you all are out there uh, at home or wherever you might be sharing time together and sharing worship together. What an awesome time that that really is. Now, a couple of things I know will be different as we kind of go through this. Uh, one that will probably stand out, the number of your child in child care should not appear on the screen today, Okay. <laughs> If that happens, it is a direct sign from God. Give them a little more attention, all right? So uh, I know it'll feel a little bit different, but uh, I love this online opportunity that we have, and we're so thankful to be able to come together, just as Nate said, under these kind of special circumstances. We're in the middle of a series called Kingdom Come, and it actually just began last weekend, and the focus uh, for me this weekend is on the second part, actually the first part of the prayer, but the second part of the whole series called Rejoice. And uh, on the screen, what's going to uh, appear uh, is going to be from uh, Matthew 6 from the New Living Translation. And it's uh, uh, a, a different version than perhaps you might have known in the NIV or something like that of the Lord's Prayer. I want to ask you, even us here and all those, uh, you know, wherever you might be online, to, to read that aloud with us, to listen to the phrasing of the word as we take a look at this second part uh, of the series, which is actually the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now that different phrasing maybe on that you may have heard actually puts it in a new light. And the acrostic that we have of this series, uh, uh, the acrostic of the Lord's Prayer is simply pray, uh, pause, and rejoice, and ask, and yield. And this is the rejoice part. Now, the question really comes about as we think about our own prayer and entering into a close relationship with God, what do we rejoice in as we pray? In other words, we think many times our prayer is, uh, God, help, and I need this, and while you're up, God, take care of that for me. That's usually the type of prayer that we can kind of fall into. So I want to break it down into four parts today. Number one is simply this. We rejoice in that God is our Father in heaven. And you and I can celebrate the fact that he loves us so much that he created us in his image. Many times we try to create him in ours, but he created us in his image. I, I love all the Ancestry.com kind of stuff. Our daughter Rachel is heavily involved into that, updates me once in a while. Found out not long ago that we're descendants of Robin Hood, you know. 
Robin of Luxley, you know, somewhere back there. And uh, you would have thought I would have been a bow hunter, but no, not, not the case. Uh, and I'm not sure how accurate all that stuff is, but there is an obsession with wondering a little bit, okay, where do I come from? What are my roots? What? Tell me a little bit more about myself. And, and Jesus says that your Father in heaven invites you to talk to him and to enter into this great privilege of prayer and seeking him in his presence. Psalm 139, David knew that. He said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body, knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And the incredible blessing that appeared to be a secret that Jesus let them in on was that they have the right to declare God as their father and to come into his presence in prayer. They had access to the creator. There's something about access. There's something about proximity that, that we realize is such a privilege. And later on in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, I'm going to pull a couple of parts of verses in 19 and 22, the first half of that. It, it seems to be Jesus knew this would be his primary work. And, and as the writing goes, it says, So dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Let's go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. What a privilege. What, what a technological privilege we have to be in your home today and an opportunity for us to worship even together uh, in a setting like that. But Jesus is saying, please understand, this coming into his presence, declaring who he is, is a, a wonderful opportunity. He transcends our experience. Our Father, who art in heaven, He's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's everywhere, an all-knowing and all-powerful, almighty God that invites us to call him our father. He never sleeps, he never slumbers, he never burns out, he never dozes off, he's never depressed, and we draw our strength and hope from him as our father, as people. Now, John Ortberg years ago had a book called The Life You've Always Wanted. And he took a moment and said, let's take an alternate look at, at creation. What would it have been like if perhaps God would have been much like us? Cut a few corners, gets a little tired. Not the uh, uh, omnipotent God and all-powerful God that he is. He, here's what he says he suggests it might look like. In the beginning, God went to work because it was 9 o'clock. And he had to. And the first thing God did was fill out a requisition form to separate light from darkness. God considered making stars to beautify the night and planets to fill the skies, but then he reconsidered. It sounded too much like work. And besides, God thought, that's not my job. So he knocked off early, called it a day, and he looked at all that he had done, and he said, it'll have to do. Day two, he separated the waters from dry land. He made the land flat, plain, and functional so that, behold, the whole earth looked like Idaho. God thought about making mountains, and he thought about valleys and glaciers and jungles and forests, but he decided it wasn't worth the effort, so he looked at what he had done, and he said, it'll have to do. <laughs> then God made a pigeon to fly in the air, a carp to swim in the waters, and a cat to creep upon the dry ground. He thought about making millions of other species in all sizes, shapes, and colors, but he couldn't drum up any enthusiasm. Matter of fact, he wasn't too crazy about the cat. 
And the Tonight Show was about to come on. So he called it a day and said, it'll have to do. And so it went the rest of the week. When it was over, God was seriously burned out, breathed a big sigh of relief, and said, thank me, it's Friday. Now, that's a different kind of account, okay? God is not like us, all right? He, he is not weary. He's not, oh, if I only had a little more time, I'd listen to that prayer. No, he is accessible. He had six days of exhilarating creation incredible and then he rested and he began to enjoy the crown of creation people you and me Adam and Eve and he began to walk with people and talk with people now we have access to him he is our father and he transcends us he's in heaven but we also rejoice and celebrate this next part of the prayer. And that is that we're commissioned to keep his name holy. Now, that big word you hear in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name. It simply means to, to keep it separate and let God be holy. Let his name be holy. Let him be high and lifted up to preserve his integrity, to keep him separate and exclusive and hold that in reverence. If you, uh, if you remember in the Old Testament, here's Moses. And Moses says uh, he's kind of messed up after the first 40 years. Killed an Egyptian, tried to deliver God's people on his own. And, and then he has to run away for fear for his life. And he's a shepherd for 40 years. And all of a sudden, God appears to him in a burning bush. Remember what God said about the ground that's right there? Take your sandals off because this is, help me out, holy ground, this holy ground, be, to be aware of the holiness of God and in the culture that we live in to, to live lives that keep his name holy, that keep his reputation pure, to let him be lifted up in our heart and life, in the life of our fellowship, life of our church, our community. See, God's not insecure like us. And he, he will not pretend to share the podium with pretenders or posers. Isaiah in chapter 42, verse 8 said, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. Isaiah knew that. In Isaiah chapter 6, it talks about the vision that he had, the experience he had with God. And, and it, it was an amazing kind of thing to see the glory of the Lord and, and the smoke filled the whole temple. And here's Isaiah. His response when he saw this holy God is, is an incredible one. He, he just says, woe unto me, kind of King James language, woe unto me, I am a man undone. Now, I looked that up, found out in the Hebrew language that word undone means disintegrated. In your presence, God, you are so holy and amazing. Even though you give me access to approach you and talk to you, and I do so lovingly and respectfully, I, I look at you and your holiness just makes me so aware of my impurity and my sinfulness, my unholiness. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I don't talk that good. Matter of fact, I'm not the only one. I live among a people of unclean lips. He was, he was desperately and passionately aware of the holiness of God, and he kept him holy. He didn't explain him away. A man undone, disintegrated. Now, none of you on staff, I think, grew up, or maybe some of you out there in the crowd uh, are listening, 
uh, grew up in the 60s. There might be a few of us, all right? But back in the day when those phrases of cool, far out, bad scene, and we could go for a long list of those that you may have read about in a history book, okay? But blown away came about in the 60s, all right? And long before the 60s, Isaiah said, God, in your presence, I'm blown away. I'm amazed at your beauty. That's what he calls us into. Now, the question is, are you and I blown away by the presence of God? Do, do, we, do we let him impress us and impact us so powerfully, so consistently, so authentically that when we see him for who he is, we see us as we are? In the midst of that, Isaiah goes ahead. He works through that, and God's saying, i got to send somebody to those people you talked about, Isaiah. I want to reach them. And eventually he works through that, purifies his heart and life, and then he says, here am I, send me. That's the heart and the spirit God wants us to have as we pray through this, as we work through this. Uh, about, uh, uh, I think it was a week ago on Monday, a fellow passed away. You may have heard of him or seen him on TV. Will Farrell did a tremendous imitation of him on Saturday Night Live. His name is James Lipton, and he's uh, uh, an interviewer. He died at the age of 93. He had a TV show called Inside the Actor's Studio. Had very pointed questions for every celebrity that he would talk with. And in 2012, he had a conversation on CNN where they actually interviewed him. And they, he'd always have this blue card, the final card, the final question. And they did that to him. They said, James Lipton, here's your final question. And it simply was this question as they interviewed him in that same style. What do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Ooh. Pretty good question. His response was quick and to the point. And he says, here's what he'll say. God will say, you see, Jim, you were wrong about me. I do exist. But come on in anyway. Hold on just a second. Let's think that through, okay? See, I, I'm not too concerned about people and their security in the Lord. If you have a faith in Jesus Christ, you are secure you're good to go. I have more concern about a false security who thinks, okay, I ain't that bad. I'm going to make it. And please hear me. I'm I, I not passing any judgment. I don't know what happened in his heart between 2012 and 10 days ago when he passed away. God willing, there was some faith that kicked in. I'm just saying to look at that and to realize that if we miss this holiness of God, and he and his son are our only hope. You see, the, the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We all will be blown away in his presence on that day. But to think God's just going to wink and give us the nod to come on in, that makes some major assumptions. We all will be wowed by him that day. But my hope is that we help as many people as possible be wowed now. Be amazed now. Be blown away now in seeing him as he is long before that day comes. Because, and please mark it down, God doesn't grade on the curve. He grades on the cross. That is the dividing point of humanity. Now, 
I would say turn to your neighbor and say that, but we're trying not to have a whole lot of uh, interaction, okay? <laughs> For good reason. Now, we also rejoice, number three, is as we invite his kingdom to come in our lives. Father, who's in heaven, holy is your name. May it be kept holy. Your kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. All of us need to have a realignment of a centering prayer. Uh, God, may your word be established in us. May your spirit move within us and among us. May your people surround us with encouragement and accountability. And may your agenda be seen. May your redemption be initiated. May your kingdom come. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, which we're pulling a lot of all this from, uh, he said in, in Matthew 6, make sure that you seek the kingdom first. And if you seek the kingdom and allow his kingdom to come into your life and to your family's life and to those around you, then all this blessing is going to happen and you'll be amazed and all the other things that he wants you to have will come about. The word kingdom is mentioned 55 times in Matthew 20 and Mark 46 in the Gospel of Luke. And our prayers and our message can't be just about, we hope you have a better life, a better job, and God blesses you with well-adjusted kids, a restored marriage, a successful career. Those are all good. But the real hope is, will his kingdom come in your life? Will he fill your heart and life and change the direction of who we are. Now, Tuesday coming up is St. Patrick's Day. I honestly have not known a whole lot about him except he just wore a lot of green. I don't know what was about him a lot, but after a little bit of further research, I have found out uh, in, in a book by Thomas Cahill called How the Irish Saved Civilization, he describes St. Patrick's profound transformation as arriving there uh, as a a teenage slave, in becoming a follower of Christ, he delivered the country from superstition and paganism, and he left Ireland as, as a Christian nation, but not before he had preached 29 years, establishing monasteries in the midst of barbarians where slavery and human sacrifice had to be eradicated. He showed incredible courage standing up to bloodthirsty kings, demanding the release of slaves and calling for the repentance of their heart. It was very common for Patrick to stay up all night in prayer, preparing for spiritual battle. In his faith, he was passionate and even militant about the kingdom of God coming into people's lives. May God's kingdom come in our heart and life. Now, for, for those of us who have seen God work in, in, in our life, in our spouse, in our kids, in our, our friends, if we've seen that happen, isn't it a joyful celebration? That's what we love to just say, let's celebrate from life change. And we take a look at the baptistry and we just see a person in their life that's being officially, publicly surrendered. And we realize the kingdom of God is coming in them. That's what our prayer ought to be. Our Father in heaven, we know who you are. We know where you are. We rejoice in that. Holy, holy is your name to move on beyond the kingdom and to move into this final phrase that we rejoice in as we bring our obedience to him on earth just as it's now going on in heaven. How do we align our lives? After his kingdom comes in our heart and life, how do we continue that prayer in faithfulness? 
You see, our, our hearts and our lives, as they're directed to God and, and our prayers are offering ourselves to him, much like in Romans 12, if you know that passage, it talks about offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. That was a whole new thought. As Paul introduced that, I mean, all the Jewish people, they'd seen dead sacrifices all the time. I get that. But what about a living sacrifice that won't crawl off the altar? That's what he's talking about. All of us who say, I'm going to continue to not just let your kingdom come. I'm going to live such an obedient life that your will would be done. I will intentionally do that. It means our prayers are about our mind and our thoughts. Offering God our eyes, all we focus on, our ears, all that we strain to hear, our mouths, every word we utter, and our hearts, and the motives that surface within us, our hands, the work we commit ourselves to, our steps, the places we go and are taken, our whole self. And that'll only happen when we joyfully approach the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, right now is our time of communion, and it'll be a little different. We, we have within our own setting here uh, uh, a little bit of communion for each person. But I know for those of us uh, online, in our homes, wherever we might be, uh, as, as Nate said earlier, you may already have some bread or juice or crackers, whatever you might use. Or if you want to allow this to be just simply a symbolic time. Now, please understand, the, the reason we do this every weekend, I know every church doesn't do that, uh, and we make no judgment on frequency, all right? Because the frequency that we do this in is based upon precedent. The frequency is not in command. Jesus just said, every time you do this, remember would you say just that with me? Remember me. He just wants us to remember him. So even right now, if it's just a symbolic act of, of prayer, or if later on uh, today you as a family or friends want to have a moment and say, you know what, let's, let's partake and, and be reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus, the body and the blood of Christ. I love this song that we sing from time to time, Waymaker. I love the little words that are in there that remind me of who he is, who I'm talking to, what he's done. Waymaker. In Psalm 139.5, David says, God, you go before me, you follow after me. You carve a path, you plow the way for me to go. He is the way maker of our life. He is the miracle worker in Acts 4. And when the early church came together, they said, God, stretch out your hand with healing power. Do signs and wonders and let us speak your word with boldness. The Bible says after that prayer, after the amen, the building was shaken because they were so bold and filled with his spirit. Today you might need him to be the promise keeper. In Numbers 23, 19, the Bible says God doesn't lie like a human or change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act, ever promised and not carried it through? He's a promise keeper in your heart and life. Or maybe today you need him to be the light in the darkness. Or Isaiah 49, God said, I will make you a light to the Gentiles, those far away from God, and you'll bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Today, as we partake, you might need him to be a path for you to find your way and navigate with him and deal with your life. 
You, you might need him to intervene and you're saying, God, I'm up against some hard things. I need some intervention. I need something that's more than just natural. Or you may just need the assurance that he will keep his promise. Or you might need the clarity that comes when he shines his light and his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. Before we partake and have this moment, we'll sing afterwards. Would you pray with me right now? God, thank you for being with us wherever we are this weekend. Thank you that the sacrifice of your son is timeless. Thank you that we can have this moment to be reminded that your love for us was so great. You sent him to die in our place just so that we could have access to you, to have forgiveness. Today, we celebrate that. And we offer our hearts to you as we examine them and as we declare the death and burial and resurrection of your son, Jesus. We pray in his name that you would bless this moment. Amen. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. 
What I want to invite you to do right now is, uh, hey, number one is this. You don't have to fight any traffic, all right? So you got a moment, and here's what I want you to do right now. Just stay in this moment, right in your living room, in your car, driving, wherever you are right here in this room. Stay in this moment. And I just want us to just practice something real quick. It's the acronym of SOAP. Stands for this, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. We just heard the word of God. Just take a moment. What's the word saying to you? What are the words of Jesus speaking and cultivating in your heart? And how is he calling you to apply them to your life right now? Took a bunch of notes. I'll tell you, one of the phrases that I loved the most was this, God doesn't grade on a curve, he grades on the cross. Just this reminder, in the midst of trying to fix everything in our world right now, we gotta come to a place where we realize we can't fix ourselves, only one can, and that's Jesus. And so just take a deep breath right now. For some of you CEOs, you're trying to figure everything out. For some of you, your life is altered, We've had so many meetings this week trying to figure out what to do, what to do, only to come to a place of going, Holy Spirit, we need your help. And so we let the cross speak into our lives. Maybe another one is this. Your prayer this week is this. You don't know what this next week holds. And so what you need to apply is this prayer. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because right now you don't know what this next week is gonna hold. And so I just wanna give you a moment right now just to pray that prayer. Right now, just begin to apply that. Matter of fact, let me just be silent for a moment. You just pray that into your heart. You begin to present your week to Jesus right now. Right now, Father, we just simply ask that your spirit would lead us into this next week. Father, as we make decisions, as we react to new announcements, Father, with greater than any news we get this week, with the greatest words that we hold to, with the greatest words we say over and over again is, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For you, Father, are with us. You love us, and you will never leave us nor forsake us. So we delight ourselves into you today. Father, thank you for holding us together. Thank you for giving us prayers to pray when we don't have the words. So we go with you this week, Father. And it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, if you're at home, feel free to discuss what God spoke into your heart right now. And uh, we will begin updating you more this week. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of the Northside family. We'll see you soon.